In this episode of GP Cool Content, we're going to talk about retinal vein occlusions. So we've got a patient, his name is Jeff. He's 75 and he presents with sudden onset painless visual loss over 24 hours in his right eye, which started on waking. He has a background in poorly controlled type 2 diabetes, hypertension and hyperlipidemia. On exam, his VA is reduced to 60 on 6, not improved to 1 millimeter pinhole, and you note a relative afferent pupillary defect. Fundoscopy looks like a stormy sunset appearance with marked optic disc edema and multiple retinal hemorrhages, flame hemorrhages. What's your diagnosis? So I guess the key, key thing of stormy sunset appearance is retinal vein occlusion. In this one I think we're talking about a central retinal vein occlusion, in particular an ischemic central retinal vein occlusion. So what's the pathology of central vein occlusions? Or sorry, retinal vein occlusions. There's a couple of different causes. So it can be caused by thrombosis, disease of the vein wall itself, or external compression of the vein, such as from arterial thickening. So what are the classifications of central retinal vein occlusion? So the two kind of main classifications are non-ischemic and ischemic. Non-ischemic is really a milder version with a milder absent pupillary defect, widespread dot blot hemorrhages, flame hemorrhage over the fundus and some disc edema. And ischemic is, has a severe visual impairment with marked afferent pupillary defects, more severe disc edema. You get a typical bloodstorm pattern of hemorrhage and then maybe also a retinal detachment. Uh, and what are the two subtypes of retinal vein occlusion? So I guess what I'm trying to get at there, there's central retinal vein occlusions and branch retinal vein occlusions, which are three times more common than central retinal vein occlusions. But, you know, depending on the location of the branch that it's affected will result in less symptoms. What are the causes associations of central retinal vein occlusion? Mainly from thrombosis. So the main causes and associations are age, having a hypercoagulable state, atherosclerosis, which is really proportionate to age, having diabetes, hyperlipidemia, hypertension, smoking, obesity, which are really cardiovascular risk factors, anemia, and in younger patients particularly, you can have autoimmune causes, um, or more weird causes such as sarcoidosis, beiges. So what are the differentials of our patient's presentation? So again, considering causes of painless unilateral visual loss, causes such as central retinal vein occlusion, which we're talking about, um, diabetic retinopathy, retinal detachments, retinal artery occlusions, optic neuritis, migraine, glaucoma, or ischemic optic neuropathy all might be good differentials of this presentation. What are the features on history of central retinal vein thrombosis? The features on history are sudden loss of central vision in one eye over less than 24 hours, but greater than one hour. It's unilateral, painless, can have blurred vision if there's macular involvement, Sudden onset often associated with waking up. You may or may not have a field defect depending on the amount of territory compromised. 
and you've probably got a history, a background history of CVD risk factors in old age. What are the features on exam of central retinal vein thrombosis? So the features are really proportionate to whether it's ischemic or non-ischemic. Non-ischemic, you'll have mild or absent pupillary defect, widespread dot blot hemorrhages, flame hemorrhage over the fundus and some disc edema. And ischemic, you'll have a severe visual impairment with marked afferent pupillary defects, more severe disc edema. You'll have that typical bloodstorm pattern of hemorrhage and there may be also be a retinal detachment. Other features of exam are the vision's not improved one millimeter pinhole, optic disc edema, multiple retinal hemorrhages, that stormy sunset appearance. Red reflex might be normal or usually abnormal. VA is variable depending on the severity and duration and the involvement of the macula. You'll see vascular dilatation, vascular tortuosities. You may have a relative afferent pupillary defect if it's ischemic. Uh, intraocular pressure is probably normal. What are the investigations in the disease? So basically, at a GP level or it'll be done in the eye clinic, investigations will be run to consider underlying causes. Things like routine bloods, fasting sugars, HbA1c, blood pressure, lipids, full blood count, ECG, UECs and LFTs will be done. Just to calculate your overall cardiovascular risk status and identify any underlying causes. Uh, eye clinic specific investigations would include fluorescein angiography and that's to evaluate retinal capillary non-perfusion, see whether there's any neovascularization and macular edema, and that's mainly used in central retinal vein occlusion. Another investigation in eye clinic is optical coherence tomography, OCT, which measures the retina and can detect macular edema that fluorescein staining has missed because you might have uh, a blockage. Some other investigations you might want to consider in a young person would be a thrombophilia screen, maybe uh, quantiferon goal for TB, chest x-ray and CT, maybe considering sarcoid and TB, and maybe considering plasma protein electrophoresis for multiple myeloma. What's the management of a central retinal vein occlusion? Uh, so I read that there's no specific treatment for it and uh, there's no real urgency for ophthalmology, but then I've also read that you need to refer to ophthalmology a couple of times in 24 hours. Depending, and the, the real reason to refer to ophthalmology is, I guess, to classify whether it's ischemic or non-ischemic and whether it's central or branched and get an idea of, um, a good idea of the overall level of impairment at the moment because that really will guide the overall kind of, um, prognosis for this patient, a lot of it's proportionate to the visual acuity at the time of presentation. So management would be doing that, uh, also for consideration of panretinal photocoagulation if there's any neovascularization, or they can do intravitreal triamkinolone. Other management the GP could do would be screening for risk factors, all those um, cardiovascular risk factors and treating those. Um, So what are the complications of central retinal vein thrombosis? Some of the complications are neovascularization from the ischemia leading to increased amounts of VEGF and neovascularization. Um, and the complications of neovascularization are wet macular edema, neovascular glaucoma, vitreous hemorrhage and retinal detachment.
What's the outcome of ischemic retinal vein occlusion? In ischemic retinal vein occlusion, 90% will have a visual acuity of 60 on 6 or worse. 50% will get neovascularization around the iris, and 60% will get neovascularization of the retina. What's the outcome of non-ischemic retinal vein occlusion? So non-ischemic, fewer than 10% will recover under their normal visual acuities, and most will have some persistent visual impairment, though the overall VA rates are much better than in uh, ischemic. One third of these non-ischemic retinal vein occlusions will, though, go on to develop ischemic central retinal vein occlusion within three years. And lastly, what is the complication on a patient on HRT or the oral contraceptive pill in a patient who has retinal vein occlusion. So I guess historically retinal vein occlusion you know, is a type of thrombosis and historically it was a contraindication for continuing HRT or COCP. Uh, studies have shown there's no higher rates of retinal vein occlusion with HRT however. Uh, so the current thinking is that you don't have to cease it but you, I guess you assess it case by case. Um, but current advice is still not to start HRT in a patient who's had a retinal vein occlusion. Uh, and similarly for um, the combined oral contraceptive pill, uh, I guess it's a type of thrombosis, and to me that would be a reason to have someone MEC4 for the combined oral contraceptive pill. Cool, so that's it. Thanks for listening. Uh, as always, a lot of references are available on command. On or demand, <laughs> um, I've tried to make things as accurate as I can, combined every single possible source that I can think of to compile these lists, uh, but I can't actually guarantee that questions or answers are what you're going to see on the KFP. Um, all this work is original, my own content sourced from the sum total of information that's publicly available on the disease and from my general understanding of the disease and general practice. And, you know, the KFP question design is based on my own experience of KFP from publicly available information on how KFP questions are sourced and the RACGP public, RACGP public exam report. Thanks a lot for listening and catch you soon. Bye.